0: Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik. powered by...
1: Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, congratulations on you and your girls getting it done in the Euro, lifting the trophy. Um, Great run by you. Uh, Great weekend in general. How how was your weekend?
0: Yeah, good. I, I painted my entire main floor wouldn't recommend that. It was a uh, very awful it took forever. <laughs> but it,
1: <sighs> tremendous it content.
0: Good. Yeah, it was just don't pay you for. It. Although the Euros was cool, celebrated the Euros win with some Herberts and Gerberts. I don't know if that's a sandwich shop they have on the west coast, but it is a quality sandwich. It's about as exciting as my weekend got, man. Wow, it was wow 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 pretty, pretty low key. I All kept right. it up. The weather was nice. It was just a good good like Drinking seltzer, hanging by the fire, chilling in the I, I fell asleep in the hammock two different times. At one point I told my wife I was coming back in to help her. I'm just like, I'm gonna go hit like 10 minutes in the hammock. And I felt myself nodded off. Legitimately set myself an alarm for five PM mm. because I knew I was gonna fall asleep. I'm like, well, we'll make this a 20 minute break. But Perfect. Well, you how was uh how was life on the best coast?
1: Incredible. Super, super, super fun weekend. Uh, best weekend of the summer probably just from a no uh, painting
0: for you. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. It was a great weekend. Um, the, uh, you know, who else had a great weekend? Cleveland Browns fans, uh, they get the uh, presumably a lighter suspension here about Deshaun Watson than a lot of people expected. Do you expect that to hold up or do you think there will be some extended negotiation where he gets put on some exempt exempt list in the the NFL appeals?
0: I don't think they can do that. Um, I read a lot of people's tweets, and I tried to follow people who actually know what they're talking about. And it appears that since they gave this, you know, third-party arbitrator, um, you know, the, the, whatever sort of, you know, rights she had to make this call, they aren't allowed to do that. They are allowed to. The NFL is allowed to uh, appeal, but that would kind of set off a weird chain of events in my understanding that might cause this to go into like some sort of federal court. And then the, then the, you know, the appeal would push things back. And then we might end up with Deshaun Watson serves a zero game suspension this year because the appeal process and how backed up the courts are and all that stuff. It says like, this could be a thing where if the NFL knows what's good for them, they just leave this alone because, it could. They could end up mucking it up worse. So I don't well, know. Wouldn't
1: that be a wrinkle?
0: That would be pretty funny. Like anybody, anybody who ran to the window is hoping for that, I guess. Because I did, and I mentioned this to you last night. I did grab some fifty to one on the Super Bowl last night when the the news and the you know the little whispers were saying four to six. I just assumed six. Started punching my numbers together and said I'd play fifty because they do have. You know, everybody's talked about it you know, extensively how easy the first part of the schedule is. They were given that, uh, you know, gift, quote unquote, on the easy part of the schedule for the supposed, you know, the presupposed suspension. So if they make it through that part of the schedule, semi unscathed, and he translates to be where he should be and integrates with this offense, it's very much a a very good playoff team. And it could be uh, right in the mix for what, probably tends to be a very fun afc playoff picture that will be
1: that'll be wild like one
0: through one through seven could be just like i don't know yeah this could go any any number of ways yeah Uh, we talked about it on uh, a lot better we we talked about it on friday
1: uh when we did our market power number recap uh there's an imbalance already built into the market numbers um a couple of thoughts on that podcast and around cleveland in particular um i got some comments some messages the discord was buzzing about it um and there were a couple things about the power numbers themselves that i was kind of annoyed by this year that i couldn't really explain until i dug in a little bit more uh and basically because i only had two cleveland games and i included them in the sample when i was regressing the numbers those were effectively out you know outsized weighting because yeah. those two games determined all of cleveland's error and so you effectively you know there was like uh, an upweighting there. And so, because of that, it it unbiased, you know, it, it tilted the balance a little bit of what the average power number was, what the offense and defense on average was. Uh, so, I threw those two games out, re regressed it, reposted those numbers. Doesn't really change the order very much, but I think if you care about the numbers themselves being meaningful, uh, go look at the latest because uh, they're a little bit updated. And things started making sense as soon as you throw those two out and you have kind of an e- equal weighting sample across every team. Um, I mean, it
0: makes sense, but more along the line of like just what you put out as a visualization was good, even if yeah, the numbers I mean, were just slightly off. Again, it is implied by the market. A lot of this we said, and you know, great point by either you or Eric on on Friday, which actually was recorded on Thursday, was hey, you know, we're using these numbers that bookmakers have to put up seven, you know, seventy-five weeks in advance. Like, you know, how long is it till we get to week fourteen, Drew? We have five weeks till the season starts. So, I mean, you're talking five months from now, you have a line up there. And, you know, when these bookmakers see it, well, my numbers say it should be a two and a half. Ah, we're going to put a three because yeah. I don't feel like taking extra money on a team that's been very hot, maybe in the futures market or the game of the year market. So some of this stuff is slightly off to begin with. But it does give a good glimpse, especially when you put it into that, you know, that image, that visualization you made, a good glimpse of like, some of the stratification of these teams, some of the tiers. And uh, obviously, like we talked about, some of the imbalance.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, it's still these at this time, these numbers are so, so soft because the pools are so, so thin. Uh, you know, the the week one, I would say the week one numbers are more predictive about how the market feels, really. Uh, and the futures market, obviously, in terms of a championship, uh, equity is is a better indicator. Um, but all that said, I think still think it's a very worthwhile exercise just to kind of know the relative ranking of teams in terms of the end coming into the season. Uh, and if you have more questions about the process or you really want to talk through your own power numbers relative to what we've got, uh, by all means, hit me up. Um, you know who uh, was at the bottom of the market power number rankings? The two teams we're going to talk about today uh and usually when we get to these podcast previews and it's just the true dog shit teams i'm a little like you know ready to mail it in you know like yeah eh, who cares nothing but not, actually, not so much we're not both kind of all, excited not at yeah. all i have live bets that i feel really good about not really good that they're going to cash but just price was really wrong for both yeah. of the teams we're going to talk about today
0: that should so, have been the tweet i said hey <laughs> Before even telling anyone which teams, I said, tonight we're going to get into the only team Drew has a Super Bowl feature on. (laughs) I don't know if it's 100% true, but it's close enough. Uh,
1: I think it is, actually. I
0: honestly think Cleveland think was is. my first. I yeah. think I only have a Cleveland. I have more NBA futures finals than NFL uh, <laughs> Super Bowl finals. <laughs> I, I, I just there were some rogue three. numbers on like uh, Dallas. And, you know, back when they, when Durant was rumored to go everywhere, I'm like, well, we're going to take these Dallas numbers anyway because I right. think this team could be fun. But uh, Staying in Houston, and I joked about this on the deep dive account, if you're sick of uh, hearing about Deshaun Watson, we will dive into the 2021 Houston Texans, the home of Deshaun Watson. He didn't play. He was not suspended, not put on the exempt list, not cut. Not to, I mean, he essentially just got paid. And Excuse then they put him the on the injury list. Yeah, it was like non-football related absence every week, which he didn't want to play for the team. They were, you know, in the middle of all this. And then later we found out the team maybe a little culpable for some of the shenanigans. We're not going to get into any of that because there's so much else to talk about on Houston, but yeah, overall kind of a weird season. I've I'd like to almost go back and list, listen to our podcast last year to see what we said about David Cully. I remember being kind of puzzled, but they've kind of done this two years in a row now where, and if we go all the way back to the space between 20 and 21, it's like, Hey, let's, let's screw up the hiring process and just really drag our feet and then end up with probably a guy we didn't want. Like, Hey, here's choice five for us. And they went with Cully and he lasted a year. We kind of ended up with the same thing here again. Although I will say the Brian Flores lawsuit probably paid a a little bit of a part into the ultimate decision here, but Cully was not the answer, I guess is probably where you want to go with that. That's uh. It was a rough season. What, four and 13, three and 14? Now I, I have a, my numbers mixed up, but uh, Terod Taylor sucked. They had a rookie that started. <laughs> so, I mean, he just, he, uh, we're Tarad Taylor defenders too. He just was ineffective. And granted, there was, it wasn't a great roster, but they put Mills in and it wasn't great at times, but there were flashes and he had a nice stretch at the end of the season. He started 11 games. So, I don't really remember.
1: Old. Was that a benching turt out of effectiveness, or did he get hurt?
0: I feel like it was a little bit of. I'm injury. gonna have to look. I think it was a benching.
1: I, oh really? Oh wow! So yeah. This is this is uh, this is something I should have prepped with. I guess um, the Texans' season last year was dead on arrival. Um, the Bill O'Brien era was so it was horrific. Half
0: and half, injury and poor performance. You're calling it
1: okay? So it was so horrific uh what bill o'brien did at the end of his tenure not just in terms of um you know the way that his stewardship of the franchise but on the way out the door he was trading every future asset he possibly could to try to get any kind of a player to save his job to turn the ship around and uh he ultimately left the franchise in as bad a shape as any franchise has ever been left uh with an outgoing gm head coach um Most notably, people remember the David Johnson acquisition, where they gave up New Hopkins, (laughs) and then, yeah, that did not work out well. Um, But what you know, they basically had very little talent left on this team. JJ Watt leaves, and no one expect the expectations could not have been lower. Really, coming into the start of last season, you nailed it with the David Culley hiring. No one looked at each other and was like high five moment. This is going to be a slam dunk. They got their guy. It felt like they didn't really know who to hire and ended up there. Uh, and then it felt like everybody who was observing the situation was like, I don't exactly know. You know, congratulations to this guy for finally getting his chance, but uh, I'm not sure what he's bringing to the table. But uh, is going to turn this, you know, group of very questionable talent, you know, talented roster. Uh, into any type of contender Um, and all that said they come out of the gate to get the win versus the Jags week one as dogs uh, at home Uh, and then it just went straight out the window at that point like some utterly absurdly bad results through the first half of the
0: season yeah and it was like you said it is reminding me of like we talked about this with the Giants, and I remember off the podcast here, I couldn't remember the first name, Joe Shane. Like, when you get left with a weird in a weird spot by the former GM, who was probably, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a worse GM during the time we've had a podcast. Mm-mm. I don't think that's maybe a like thing. Like, we we've
1: made jokes. Pace would get more scrutiny for being a terrible GM if it weren't for Bill O'Brien.
0: Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, they... And, yeah, you guys in the chat are right. There was that hamstring injury earlier on this season. I, I'm checking right now because I think Terod started a couple of games after that. Eventually there was some bouncing back and forth. But then it was uh, Davis Mills at the end of the year. Nice upside. And then, yeah, it was it was a bit odd as far as the rest of the offense because you had a legitimate star offensive, you know, your wide receiver and Brandon Cooks. Okay, here's here's a pop quiz. Who had the who had the second most targets on the team last um,
1: season? Running back Rex Burkhead or something.
0: So, so Cooks 134 targets for 90,000 six touchdowns, respectable numbers in yeah. an offense like that who had to start, you know, Terod, and Davis Mills second Nico Collins. Really? Wow. Six, 60, 60 targets in eight games started. Like it just really big drop off. And then uh, as was kind of what they've done the last couple of years with bringing in all these short-term veteran signings, they did the same yeah. sort of stuff on, and the running game was, the running game was very, very poor. Yes. And it was a, it was a decent offensive line at times. And granted, you know, we were probably didn't have the pieces in place for a good coherent offense. You're bouncing back quarterback to quarterback and it all kind of works as one well humming machine when things are working on offense, but like the guys, they tried it out there to try to get some semblance of a running game. Probably weren't the answers. Hopefully that's something that uh, is maybe a little bit of upside. We see this year, but other than that, yeah, you, you really had zero depth at wide receiver. You had no, depth no skill hardly at uh you know at at running back and you bounce between a rookie and a journeyman like i guess yeah this is what you get you get those four wins and you move on and there was talk like i mean there was some talk that cully was going to be brought back which truthfully i would have been fine with at that point i mean at that point well at that point maybe i'm fine with it now like now that they've oh fought, yeah, better. This.
1: That would have been a better outcome than what happened. Yeah, I, I, that I don't disagree with at all.
0: I just didn't think they were going to get their guy. <laughs> like they just never, they just never get their guy. And I wonder <laughs> if part of that too was like, hey, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm taking a few interviews, and this is probably not one I'm going to take super serious. I, I well, don't know. We'll get it, in. We'll get in. You know, people ask that question. Ahead. You're jumping okay, way ahead to the
1: off season. We gotta remember some of the other incredible parts of the last season. The da- the moment that you knew David Coley did wasn't the guy. Do you remember when that moment was? It's opening press conference? Well, that was all that was that was a very strong indicator, but that wasn't I the mean, evidence.
0: Basic yeah, basically said analytics are bonk and I'm just gonna go with my gut.
1: No, there was a game where they declined a penalty in order oh, and God, then punted. Yeah. There was a penalty on third and eleven. That was a five-yard penalty, not an automatic first down. And rather than accept the penalty and try again on third and six, they said, no, we'll decline and we elect to punt on fourth down. That was about as inexcusable an in-game decision by a head coach as we have ever had. The only Maybe only
0: trumped by the, 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 sneak, the judge, the, the sneak. I was yeah. gonna
1: bring that up too. <laughs> good, or who, who,
0: who was the coach that Joe Judge the,
1: sneaking on third and the nine? draw play on like fourth third and, third and nine?
0: twenty-three? <laughs> oh my god! No, yeah, yeah, there there the, have been the some... fake
1: the fake punt uh with the the Colts back in the day that oh was pretty god, special. They had like three guys in the offense yeah. line. That was fit, that was yeah. something. But yeah, yeah the uh, but this was this was turning that down was something yeah. declining a penalty so that you can send out your punt team is absurd. Uh and that was a bad sign. Um the uh, the other fond memories, I remember I remember betting the over when the bills went to Houston, or was it Houston at the Bills? I don't even remember. It was at the, it was
0: at the Bills. Um
1: I bet that over it was 47-ish, 46 and a half-ish. And I literally I know said the final score here. Yeah, it was like this is a good bet because. The Bills never take their foot off the gas. They're just going to keep scoring and scoring and scoring. So you really only need Houston to get to like 7 to 10 points.
0: Houston, you know how many points the Bills scored in the fourth quarter in that game? Was it a bunch? 21 points in the fourth quarter. Oh, that oh, over okay. did not get there.
1: Did not get there. You know what uh, You know what else I remember? I knew I was in trouble when Davis Mills threw an end zone pick uh, on, after a drive where he got field position at like the Bills 20. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Houston's gonna get on the board early. Turn this into a little score fest here. Now forty to yep. zero. Um, they had some other just absolute beauties of scores here. Uh, Thirty-one to three at the Colts. They turn around the next what? week on the road. Thirty-one the game in between to five. those two games. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, well, the game in the between those
0: two games was the Pats game where they had a sizable lead in the third quarter yeah. and they let the Patriots score. I don't I'm looking nine minus twenty yeah sixteen unanswered yeah late in the game um the Houston kicker missed a bunch of kicks that was a that was a fucking trip. I forgot what a trip this team was. Yeah and yeah when they played good teams they gave up a shitload of points. The Rams scored 38 on them.
1: Yeah, until they got until they drew the Chargers. And the Chargers run fit was so f- weirdly fucked by the time they got to the chargers at the end of december that they beat them 41 to 29 houston took it to that team and don't uh it doesn't you don't have to think too hard chargers didn't make the playoffs last year andy and you remember why it's because they couldn't even tie the raiders in the last week of the season if they had just you know held on and beaten the sad texans then uh chargers go to the playoffs for the first time in a while um but yeah this was a bizarre 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 season Titans were just absolutely rolling through their schedule and then you know took that stinker losing to the Texans uh Texans beat the Jags twice both were convincing wins <laughs> like it was it was just a just a weird 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 deal it's um, eight in
0: a row over the over the Jags
1: they've beaten the Jags eight in a row the that Houston is the uh Houston. Fourth,
0: fourth season sweep in a row <clears throat> wow yeah the, that's gotta be one chargers of the longest
1: existing that's gotta be one of the longest existing win streaks over an opponent in the nfl and it's the texans It's, it's be. funny
0: that it's the texans but yeah late on the yeah the chargers that was a weird one too i had to pull that box score up i feel like they're fuckery late yeah 38 fourth quarter points in that one. Oh yeah weird game i might go that uh, if that one comes on like nfl network i to re-watch that one was crazy and then uh, just kind of I think you know, just Chargers were posted.
1: Chargers were at least 8 point favorites in that. Uh, I didn't bet that game so I don't really remember. 11 point favorites they were in that. at one. Houston. 11 point favorites on the road and the Chargers lost by double digits. Amazing. Um yeah, so it was a weird year. Uh, really. And I don't think you could take much away from this that year other than uh Davis Mills showed you higher um you know glimpses of higher production than you would expected from a third round quarterback and the sixth sixth quarterback taken in that draft he was there might have was there were there any in between mac jones and him or was he mond uh, was the right sixth? there
0: but he might have been after
1: <clears throat> yeah i don't remember um
0: there there were there was like uh, mond and mills went very close to each other so you had the, the early quarterbacks, and they had Mondon Mills in the third. I'm, I couldn't tell you which was first.
1: Well, whatever the case is, he was a third-round pick. He was the first pick that the Texans had in that draft. It was a very, very, very good draft, and the Texans' first pick was Davis Mills in the third round. Um, but he showed yeah, you Lar- – Yeah,
0: Laramie Tunsil, yeah. though. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. you're not going to draft him.
1: No, no. He showed you plenty of uh, – that's a good point. He showed you plenty of, um, of good – uh, you know, of, of positives, I thought over the balance of the season, um, it was just a you know a little bit of a uh, you know a, a crap team and tough to dissect. Were you know was his success because opponents were playing them a certain style and they weren't really res- they didn't really respect the Texans as an opponent, um, or was you know were the were those flashes you saw from him repeatable? And that's a tough. That's kind of the key handicap going forward um let's get to the offseason and talk about some of the big still issues with this team they got their they got one guys in nick cesario they wanted the player personnel guy nick cesario from the pats badly and they finally got him a lot of people assumed that mean meant he was going to go get a josh mcdaniel's type and bring him in uh kind of carry that patriots legacy into houston um but they did not intend to do that at all And in fact, it didn't even really seem like the hiring process had Cesario's fingerprints on it at all. It felt like it was an Easterbee show. And the Easterbee kind of stink on this franchise still exists today, although it's abated a bit. I guess he's conceded some power to other people who know how to do their jobs. Um, But it's not like you got rid of Bill O'Brien and that solved all the problems. Like the owner is still seems to be over his head as far as how to be a steward of a franchise. Uh, he has in place a player, a, a, a personnel guy in Easterby who is kind of a weird little, kind of, you know, it's kind of religious charlatan more than he is, uh, you know, NFL visionary. Um, and, you know, it's it was their intention to hire Josh McCown to be their head coach. And people people guffawed because Josh McCown has not been a coach at any level, but a, little, a head coach of a football team before. Um, so it was a, it was going to be a reach for him to find success taking that leap. Um, but you're, you brought it up already. Flores lawsuit happens, um, you know, issues around preferential hiring and the abuse of the Rooney rule, I think forced the Texans hands uh, to where yeah, they had interviewed. It would have been Bobby a bad Sp- look. What was their existing defensive coordinator. Yeah. And, you know, rather than pull the trigger and hire McCown with zero experience, they gave it to Lovey Smith. And for what I can tell you, McCown still has a red ass over this. He's still pissed. And it's not clear to me if he has some role in the franchise as like a consultant or something, or if he's just like completely on the outs. He didn't take an XFL job. He didn't take a USFL job. Uh, He's basically just like sitting there waiting for this job to finally become his, which he was promised. And, uh, and I guess the flirting with McCown and how that all played out and the, you know, Rooney rule abuse and the Flores lawsuit and all that doesn't interest me as much as the ultimate selection of Lovey Smith, which is a problem. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, we're gonna get to another team today, and we're gonna talk about how a team hired one of the most successful college football coaches of all time, and how well that <laughs> went. And this team hired a coach that went, God, like fifteen and forty at Illinois. <laughs> was that really his it, record? I, I'm it, was and, it was Seventeen and seventeen and thirty-nine. I made it, I made oh, it worse. My God. Than it was. Uh, 17-39 and in a few years in the Big Ten. Well, the Big Ten's good, Andy. The Big Ten is good. There's much, much, much good football on Saturdays in the Big Ten, sometimes on Fridays. But, you know, he does – I'm clowning on him a little, comparing him to Urban. He actually does have NFL head coaching experience, has had success as an NFL head coach, but it was a long time ago. And sometimes you do see this, even at the coordinator level, there's guys who can do it for years and years because they adapt. And there's guys who are terrible retreads because they can't hack it as a, you know, a head coach, a leader, of men. And I, I do think Lovey Smith is probably a decent defensive coordinator. And it sucks now that they're going to lose him as a defensive coordinator when they fire him. It's not often that you'd be like, Hey, we're firing you. Would you take our DC job? That just doesn't seem to be a thing, which it should be. I don't know. It, it would it would be hard for that guy to like go to work the next day and be like, "Hey guys, I got demoted. This sucks." But I would love to see him in that spot a little longer. I still think there's some tread on the tires there. He's just not what to, he doesn't have what it takes to probably lead an NFL team, especially an NFL team with a weird ass roster like this, where we don't know if the you know we don't know if we have a rookie quarterback who possibly has enough upside to invest in. We're trying some new things at running back. We had very little success there last year. We, you know, we tried, tried to get some help at the wide receiver position here, which it didn't. It didn't work out due to some health reasons for our youngster. But uh, we still have Brandon Cooks. You have good tackle play. So there's there's glimmers like, and they did enough of this offseason. You know, let's bring in Jerry. Let's bring in uh, Jerry Hughes. Let's re-sign a bunch of these guys that we had on shorter deals. They didn't lose a whole lot. Outside of, obviously, Deshaun Watson, who wasn't really going to play for this franchise anymore anyway. So, I mean, they're not horrible. They don't have, like, some glaring weakness. They just are not good in any spot. Like, none of their position groups are, hey, this is a really, really good position group. You know, Like I said, they have good tackles. With the offensive line, ho hum, maybe average. You know, and and again, we got to determine what was Davis Mills. Was it was, you know, some of the glimpses we saw, was that what we we're gonna see, or was that outliers? Was that just him kind of improvising, nobody having film on him yet? And you know, are you gonna see him having to step into a second head coach, a new offensive coordinator, a new system? A little more expectations this year, and not a whole lot of extra help besides Marlon Mack, and see him take a big step forward. Otherwise, this team is kind of set up to win like six, seven games just by attrition because, again, they're not glaring weaknesses all over, and then you end up in the weird purgatory spot that we always talk about, and they don't get their, their quarterback next year. So I'm, I'm – and I'm not thinking they're going to be super quick on the trigger with uh, Mills. I, I, it sounds like they're going to give him some decent rain to see what they've got. But it just feels like such a strange rebuild because Lovey obviously doesn't ever feel like a long-term answer here. And then, again, they have so many older veteran players on short deals – it's not like a rebuild like we talked about with the Lions, where it's like, oh my God, they had so many rookies get so many snaps, and all these guys got all this experience, and you know this could pay dividends. It's a it's an odd rebuild, and granted, you know Casario's only in what year two here, so we've got we've got time to try to do something. But I I'm not like dogging on this team this year. I don't think they're going to be horrible but I really, 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 really hate the rebuild. I hate how this roster was put together, and I hate the the spot they've been put in. Granted, again, they do have two first-round picks next year, so maybe we see something come of that, and then you know you get Mechie back, and we have something going on. But it's, yeah, like Patrick's saying, the offensive line is probably your best unit on the team, and there's still some ifs and buts in the middle.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's my – I agree with your t- – Basically, I agree with your entire take, except for I think you're maybe fast forwarding a little bit to maybe one more year to where they're like the weaknesses aren't so glaring. They're winning six or seven games. I don't think this team is a six or seven win team. Um, I think maybe it may be a good draft next year. Now you've kind of got some of it was schedule based. OK, well, I, I mean, I, I don't we'll get to their schedule but I, I I really 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 struggling to see how this team finds success um the rebuild is the problem for me the players that they added through free agency and the draft I mean yeah okay fine uh, you got uh you know presumably a starter on the O-line you presumably have a starter again first year cornerback uh who's going to be asked to do a lot he may ultimately grow into a really good player for you but um you know just This depth chart, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, is a who's who of who. Uh, And none of these guys have grades that suggest that they are above that much above replacement level um, outside of Cooks and Tunsil. Um, And the fact that if you kind of want to grade a franchise fundamentally based on owner, coach, quarterback, I mean you're talking about no you're talking about the worst franchise in the nfl here and i yeah i just i'm not sure where the magic's coming from for them to have upside frankly um if this is a this is just a a flat out bad team that may you know back their way into some wins by having you know everybody has a good day on the same day against a team that's overlooking them um but the rebuild is uh you know, to me at least, doomed to fail based on, you know, how they're going about it. Um, the Davis Mills thing is also somewhat tough because, again, like I tried to tease out it's of the data.
0: Big unknown.
1: He's got a big neck. That's for sure. Guys got a long ass neck. Uh, but no, the, the, it's really, really tough to, because I, I was looking at the data, and I was like, for whatever reason, because I only bet a couple of Texans games last year. I remember like the Rams game, like I and I mentioned the Bills game, and you know, the Rams game they scored a bunch of garbage time points, you know, and they scored a bunch of points against some bad defenses like the Jags, and I was like, you know, like is this guy just like the Blake Bortles All Stars, like he just gets it done against bad teams and garbage time? And stuff like that, and I tried to tease that out of the data, but it's not really there. Like he wasn't really a garbage time all star, Um, and you know he was not league average, but he was a rookie. So so what, you know? So yeah, I think the fact that they they elevated Pep Hamilton, and I don't have strong feelings one way or the other about Pep Pep Hamilton, uh, and that Mills is gonna you know, he's going to be just as subject to the second year leap as all the other guys we talk about. There's six quarterbacks this year who get the second year leap, potentially, you know, the, the five known first rounders who all had starting roles, right. You know, who all had, who will all have starting roles this year. Trey Lance, probably the least experienced of those. Um, but you know, for all the same reasons, quarterbacks take a leap in year two, that should apply to mills. Um, this is problem is like, if Mills is ultimately good, it's going to be so, 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 so tough to believe it's long term and not just flash in the pan, not just, you know, something that can get figured out. And I also didn't haven't seen anything on film from last year that was like, oh, this guy, this guy gets it, <laughs> you know, like this guy, yeah. is, <clears throat> this guy has a, a set of tools that is unique, like he. If you're telling me that, like, this guy is probably your absolute best case scenario to have as your backup quarterback on a team that's contending for a Super Bowl in a couple of years, that sounds about right to me. Um, But I don't think you're putting him on a roster that is fifth percentile and expecting to elevate them to, uh, you know, anything better than, you know, bottom four in terms of win loss, in terms of power number. Um, And,. You know, if he proves me wrong, so be it. But, um, you know, I just I, – the the ceiling is somewhat low because of what we know about him, I think.
0: Yeah, I think my my bull case for this team is the schedule has enough coin flip games and a couple teams that I think are probably overrated that should be closer to coin flip games that they can back into some wins just based off – you know, they brought in Marlon Mack. I think that's a nice piece you don't have enough firepower on the offense, but like Marlon Mack was really good. Essentially just got hurt, lost his job to somebody even better in Jonathan Shh. Taylor. And like, like he's still 25, 26 years old. Like Marlon Mack probably can still play something. Brandon cooks. And again, it stinks. The John Mechie stuff stinks. Like that's I uh, hope he's fine. But like that, that would have been helpful having that. And you, I don't really like either of their tight ends. Like again, it's it's like Cooks, Mac, and if Davis Mills is good, you have some semblance of a few decent players on offense behind a good offensive line and some mm-hmm. coin flip games. That's your bull case. Your bear case is Lovey Smith doesn't get it anymore. He's oh, not an uh, NFL level head coach, which is probably 90/10 true. You have, you know, some weaknesses on, uh, up front in the inside even with some additions there. You don't have a second or third receiver that's, you know, viable. You have Nico Collins asking to step up again. You don't have much of a track record of this quarterback that you're going to, and again, going back to the bowl case, he does get a full offseason to prepare to be the starter. Maybe that helps a bit after coming in as a rookie, you know, resigned to his backup role. Maybe he can get something there. But again, it is a new coaching staff Pep Hamilton, yeah, take him or leave him. He did. He was the quarterback coach for Herbert's rookie of the year coach. That's what people are going to throw around, but
1: uh very different skill set. Yeah, <laughs> very some, different. Very, very more, different.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's more situation. about the player than anything. So, and then the other part is too, like you brought in your so your, your top two rookies, Drew are,
1: Stingley, clearly number and, one. Yep. And uh, Kenyon Green, the uh, guard, yeah,
0: yeah. So Green, Green might play a part here, but yeah, like between Mechie and Stingley, you might get damn near bupkiss because Mechie's going to miss the season, and Stingley yeah. is going to be asked to step into a secondary with two below-average safeties, yeah, and be a starting cornerback on a team that probably is going to lack in a few spots and again the pass rush might be decent at times but pass rush and coverage go hand in hand and the secondary is going to be pretty bad so if anything it's going to be hopefully it's a fun offense so we can bet some overs with this team because the secondary might just get scorched by some of these teams you look at the schedule they're gonna play some. They're gonna play some good quarterbacks and some good receivers. In fact, a lot of times. So, the outside of the, you have the coin flips, and then you have like the, oh shit, like we gotta go to Denver in week two after playing a, a Colts team that's supposed to be pretty good. Like this is now I want to start it. So, hey, yeah, yeah the, I I wanted your take on Marlon Mack, like he kind of made a face i think he can i think he can contribute i'm I'm not expecting him to be so good
1: if you think if you think a replacement level running back's moving the needle for me i got news for you buddy i know i I, I think i think he is i think he's very helpful in the the fantasy community the fantasy community can have fun breaking down the roles and and volume potential for a guy like mac a guy like uh, cooks this year, but I don't think this offense is scoring, uh, you know, anywhere close to enough points to keep uh, the Texans in the, you know, in contention for wins. And Marlon Mack is again; he's only really going to help you out if you're trying to, you know, even if you're right and he is like better than average, um, it's only helping you if you're trying to put away leads. I don't know if this team is really getting any well, leads. I'm, ho- I'm hoping um, he plays
0: a part in the passing game because they lack a okay. true, you know, number two, number three receiver. That's like fair. He needs to play a part in that. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, you're right. It's it's a it's a, maybe above replacement level running back, but
1: dude,
0: it's, it's not enough to get excited about. So the, the, bigger, the I think the bear case the, wins. Yeah.
1: Because here's the bigger problem. This defense
0: is
1: about as weak an org chart depth chart as i think i have seen in five years maybe more in terms of just guys who can make an impact okay i'm going to name some of these and don't look at the depth chart close close or not switch have tabs jerry to hughes, slander close close your close right, your tab if you, did you know jerry who's hughes, hughes isn't even uh He's uh, old though. He's not, he's not, he's third string right now for them. <laughs> that's how uh, he's
0: that's, rotational. I think that's their whole thing. Like, and when you talk about their defensive line, they have like 12 rotational guys. Okay. <laughs> like that's what's here's here's
1: your Andy, here's your front four. <clears throat> okay. Jonathan Greenard, Roy Lopez. Uh stop me when you heard of any of these guys. Agbanya Akaronwu. And and he did, Malik played for the
0: rams Conway.
1: yeah he did, a- did.
0: akarangwu was okay with the rams that was uh
1: yeah linebacking core christian harris christian kirksey garrett wallow and uh that that front seven right there that's pretty that's pretty weak
0: kirksey I mean again these are guys it's just yeah it's a, it's a shitload of replacement level guys and T-
1: you're starting at you're starting you're starting a, a rookie, third round rookie as your weak side linebacker. You have two rookies in your secondary in Stingley and Jalen Petrie. Your other safety by the way, Eric Murray, you know, Eric Murray. Your nickelback, Teveri Thomas, you know, Teveri Thomas. Oh, Teveri. Uh, yeah. Uh this depth chart is I mean, I don't. I I feel bad even disparaging these guys because I really can't even tell you that they've played enough football for me to have anywhere close to a strong opinion on them one way or the other. But they're they're li- defined nobodies. Like these are nobodies.
0: Jonathan Grenard had eight sacks last year. I'll tell you that. So yeah, it's a lot of rotational guys, and then uh, uh, like you said, the secondary is going to really, really, really be a point of weakness. So I think this team overall. Is getting the grade they're fucked
1: although still this is is the worst defense in the
0: nfl and i don't think it's close it'll yeah it'll really depend on like these replacement level players that
1: they've there's a decent margin between these guys and the next worst defense
0: if these rotational players play okay like they could make a claim for the 30th the 30 spot (laughs) But a lot of, again, Jerry Hughes is not young. You have a lot of older guys, and you have a lot of rookies. And if you have some injuries, then it's going to be a very, very bad defense.
1: So here's the problem. The market power rates them as the 32nd best defense. So what do we do with this information? (laughs) Basically, uh, how much lower can they even go? Like, how much worse can this get? Like uh, You look for bad
0: spots in the schedule, and you bet the team total over for the other team if they're the kind of team who like that was the move in the bills game that bills was the, team move the total game. over 31 and a half
1: yeah yeah the colts got to 31 the cardinals got to 31 yeah you're right you're right um
0: it's especially if they're in a bad travel spot which i look do you want to look at the schedule because there are
1: yeah let's let's pull it up let's pull it up um but yeah i mean frankly this this is, I mean, Andy, do you ever remember a time where Lovey Smith was on a talent-deficient team in a very uh, competitive environment, and he was the head coach, and how did it go? Oh, yeah, you just told me. He couldn't win a freaking game at Illinois. Like, this is <laughs> this is uh, doomed to fail, I feel like. Failure to launch. I feel bad for stinging To me. give you a nice Houston-NASA uh, kind of reference, this is a failure to launch, if I've ever seen one. Um, the schedule has them as dogs in every single line game, except for pick them hosting the aforementioned Jaguars who they have an eight game win streak against. Um, some of these numbers are big. They're 10 point dogs at Denver week two. Yuck. There's more than touchdown dogs, uh, hosting the chargers who we also talked about. They beat last year. Um, Vegas now is is that an eight? That's a that's a big number. That's a big number for Vegas to be laying, (laughs) but I'm are you running to the window to grab plus eight for Houston? I'm not really interested in that. Um plus ten versus KC. You're hosting the Chiefs, you're laying you're you're uh you're getting catching ten. Um yeah, I mean one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games out of your seventeen. You Are a touchdown or more dog, which means you need a little bit of luck and a lot of things to go your way to get wins in any of those contests. So you're starting out basically
0: 0 and 9. Oh, I think they're very live against Chicago. I think that'll be a fun suck fest. No, I'm
1: saying 0 and 9 in terms of like there's not, oh, yeah, those. Teams. <laughs> I,
0: I, I work literally Lit- oh, okay. linearly, Lineary. okay, but yeah, like. You know they could hang with the likes of Chicago, Jacksonville, Tennessee. I'm not. I'm not surprised Tennessee this year. Spoiler alert. That's kind of a sneaky spot for them to come back off of ass whooping, and all of a sudden Tennessee's laying like five and a half, six. And we, uh, oh man, I hate trying to talk myself into betting on this team. But you know, the Giants, Washington, were teams that. Uh, those are the coin flips. Like their coin flips are the three, the three and a halfs, and they do have one true coin flip. Like, All those, you know, those have to fall in the right way. The offense has to click because the defense isn't going to. Like the defensive upside, there isn't some like, oh my God, we're I guess stuff happens every year that we don't see, that nobody sees coming. I really, really don't think the Houston Texans defense surprising the league is one of those things that's going to happen. This offense could come around. Like Nico Collins could take a big step forward. Some of these guys that are deeper on the On the depth chart, I think Philip Dorsett, Chris Conley, these guys, you know, some of these receivers can take some steps forward in a new offense, and this could be a fun offense. And that's how this team can win some of these games where they're three or four point dogs. But the defense is going to be bad enough in the secondary where I can't make a case for them to upset Dallas, Kansas City, at Denver, Las Vegas, the Chargers, like, in the, even at home, those are really, really, really tough ask. Even at Miami, it's still, it's later in the season, but it's still uh, a bit of a rest disadvantage for them with a quicker turnaround. So, heesh, yeah, the uh, it feels like a team that's going to lose all the games they're supposed to lose. They don't have that one surprise, like, uh the, again, we'll talk about, well, like the Chargers game they don't have that one surprise in them because the defense is just too susceptible to, Oh my God, they're up by, you know, they're up by 10 points. And then you go and get a snack and you come back from the bathroom and they're down by three. All of a sudden, like it just, it feels susceptible, some quick strikes for some of these good teams. So yeah. not excited, uh, not excited to bet this team to do anything really.
1: Well, can you pull the schedule back up? Actually, there's a couple of yeah, thoughts ahead. I had. Uh, um, a lot of a lot a lot of games in the teaser zone. Oh, to tease, to tease against them, you're going to be able to take a favorite versus the Texans, past seven and past three, um, quite a lot if this holds, uh, and that might be a very fun way to build your bankroll this year. Um, the Chicago game that you brought up week three is the fun one where Lovey Smith makes his grand return to Soldier Field. Lovie Smith, uh, this is his third stint as a head coach in the NFL. By the way, did you remember his time in Tampa Bay?
0: Sort of. That didn't go well. No. Like, the Bears, he had some success. The the Tampa was. He like was coach years. of the
1: year in two thousand five.
0: Yeah, the, he had a decent amount of success in uh, Chicago, he despite took, the took quarterbacks the sex, they were. Like he Kyle to, Orton. He,
1: he took the sex can into the Super Bowl.
0: Didn't think we were gonna hear that today. Uh, so yeah, a lot of teasers. It's I don't time, know, so. One of the least yeah. successful long teaser legs is road favorites teased down, but boy, howdy. It doesn't feel <laughs> like it doesn't feel like that's gonna scare me off.
1: No. A couple of them are like at like are you gonna just tease Vegas down from eight to two? How about Miami yeah. down from down across seven
0: and
1: three uh, uh, dallas at home seven and a half da- dallas
0: and... dallas is a teaser i yeah, love okay. that one at dallas that's okay really
1: disadvantage. um not a lot of travel disadvantage for them not a lot of sustained difficult travel for them only back-to-back roadies for them are weeks two and three and granted that's not good early in the season and it's especially not good when one of those stops is Denver and altitude early in the season that could be a bad bad game for uh, for the Texans Um, they get a little bit of rest advantage there because Denver's coming off of Russell Wilson versus Seattle in week one Um, but uh, still not not a super favorable schedule or anything that I'm like really scared about the schedule makers doing them dirty here Um, the Giants game which is again one of the opponents you might have gotten a win against you're at a disadvantage rest travel and weather, so bummer.
0: Um, bummer so. is a good succinct term for this. <laughs> bummer. I know. I I, or I know. Earlier in the pod, I said like they could back their way into six games. I would like to have a word with Andy from 30 minutes ago.
1: <laughs>
0: I've I've really sat and thought more about the secondary and struggle with that. So yeah, let's yeah, look I at that. Yeah, let's look at the odds before we talk about yeah. our non-betting attack. Well, yeah, we, do, we did come up with one.
1: The Super Bowl, right. 300 to 1. Should any team be 300 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, Andy? Yes. This, this team should be longer. <laughs> this team should be, yes. Okay. Uh, 100 to 1 to win the AFC. Sounds about right. Uh, 25 to 1 to win the AFC South. My goodness. AFC South is not a conference that's that I have a ton of regard for, but that's a big number. number. I just that's don't see them number. getting Still just so. Too many things have to go right. Uh, to get them to double-digit wins, and I think that's what it's going to take to win the South this year. Um, playoffs, yes is fifteen to one. No, minus thirty-five hundred. You want to tie up some scratch for the season? Take a little playoffs. No, uh, I don't know. Uh, regular season went. Yeah, this team's not only getting to the playoffs via the South, not the wild card. So if you are feeling insane, yeah, you need AFC an South, NFC South. least the scenario. Yes. Um, Regular season win total over under four and a half, even juice, which is, that's a low number. You're going to be sweating that under. I can't get involved there. At minus one ten This is all.
0: reminiscent of, like, Kansas uh, football over under one and a halves. It's one of those where like, you're, you're sitting on four for like the last six weeks and you're just sitting there sweating. As, it's like, shit, they're, they're, they're making a comeback against the backups. Put the starters back in. What are we doing here? So I'm not taking any of these bets. Um, betting plan of attack, like we said, there's probably a case to be made for looking at that schedule we just had up. If Drew and Producer Dan just dropped it in the Deep Dive Discord, if you're in there, you can download that. Looking for some spots in the schedule where they're probably at a rest disadvantage, where you have a team who has been known to maybe keep the foot on the gas pedal, or a team, even a team like a lot of these good teams against real shitty defenses, you'll see team totals hit in the first half, guys. Yeah, like they're, the smart teams know this. That hey, get out to a big lead in the first half and then just coast and let this yeah. game let this game go by. Don't after. Don't, overlook a bad team beat the shit out of them early
1: after the first couple weeks this is and you know entirely contingent on how pep hamilton and davis mills look in year two this is potentially an over team i mean they're they're the offense is lined as 31st in the nfl and i think you made a pretty impassioned case about some of the talent uh, in which case we would see a something better than 31st, right? I mean, 31st is about as bad as you can possibly imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, I think there's only upside to the offense. The downside to the defense isn't in an overall ranking, but maybe that this unit just really can't even p- perform at replacement level, and they're giving up 30-plus points a game. Um, so overs are something that I have in the back of my head about these guys teasing against them. Of course, we mentioned there's one other betting angle, Andy, you ready for this? I I think I told you, I bet this, I still think it is entirely plausible that Lovey Smith doesn't make it through this campaign as the head coach. Yeah. I think just because of the fact that he wasn't really their first second or whatever intention to hire last year is a bad sign. I don't think this team really cares one way or the other about the PR and how it would look firing. I mean, they just fired a guy after one year. So what if they do it again? Right. Like, I don't really think that matters um, in the scheme of things. And I think there is a real scenario where Lovey Smith is doing a Illinois football impression as a head coach. And it is super clear that this is not working and they're freaking out internally because they have a guy they want to hire in McCown. They have a quarterback they think might be good in Mills and, uh, you know, they feel like they were forced into the Lovey Smith thing and they're ready to cut bait. Um, This is still like not a super likely thing that he is the first coach fired, but there's just not a lot of good candidates this year. Like there's no one that I'm looking across the board right now. Certainly at the top, who I think is priced correctly.
0: Yeah, we'll get to <clears throat> we'll get to all the awards, and that's not really an award. That count as an award market later this yeah. week because that's. A, and then somebody did bring up Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce might be a fun one too, just because I think anyone on this roster is liable to get some time if they make a case for it in camp, mini camp, training camp, practice, preseason. Running back out of Florida. He, he probably gonna get some time. That's that's a fun one too. I don't think there's any betting angles around it unless you can get some player props on him early in the season.
1: Yeah. So the only price that I see in the market right now that I know is wrong is Lovey Smith. First coach fired 60 to 1. That should not be 60 to one. There's way, 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 way too many uh like just. Situations that are, uh, you know, going to at least wait until the end of the season to make any adjustments.
0: Well, we talked about that too when we go over these. We say, "Oh, teams don't like to do it with first-year head coaches." Like, well, they just happened a little bit now. Yeah, somebody just did after eleven games. So, like, precedent's been set by your 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 uh,
1: your in division rival,
0: division mate. If you your will, division
1: so. punching bag you're kicking your your uh y- you know the team that you pick on in division just did it um, We did but not no i think i, I first, guess though. i guess i only see downside really with this team frankly and if that manifests and if it's as clear as we're making it out to be and we know that this team and these this the front office wanted another guy like lovey smith could get yeah. And plus, honestly, they wouldn't even really feel like they're firing him after one year. He was their
0: defensive no, coordinator. No, he's been, been to the they squad for a, been, for a while. Yeah. Like it's not that's what I'm really saying. You're losing your defensive coordinator. It's yeah. just an all around bad. So. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. That's that's the Houston Texans. Kind of a depressing pod. Like, that one kind of left me in the dumps.
1: Boy, does that feel like 4 and 13. And everybody who bet the under or the over
0: is sweating it all season long. Yeah. Feels like they just. Play the play the same song they played last week, last year rather. So all right. Let's do another podcast. We'll do the Jag now. <laughs>